Hello and welcome to our 15th episode of the unofficial SAP on Azure video podcast. Today is October 13th and together with Robert and Goran, we are here to talk about anything related to SAP on Azure. Hello, everyone. Hi. Hi. So following the huge success of the last episode where we had Ralf um, talking about Azure NetApp files, um, we actually invited him again today to continue his session um, and uh, talk a little about backup and, and other functionality or other possibilities that you have with Azure NetApp files. But before we switch over to Ralph, let's quickly talk about um, some things that happened this and, and the last weeks. Uh, yeah, so we want to start with a few new regions, uh, new announcements um, uh, in the in the Azure regions. Um, Goran, do you want to? Yeah, so there was. Um, yeah, it's interesting. In Greece, it's announced. Uh, a new uh, Azure region coming um, really nice. So basically, it's also interesting for the uh, local and government customers as well to have it inside of the country. Um, another one is, uh, I believe it's Taiwan, if I'm not wrong. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So this is also kind of a new uh, announcement. So again, not only for the local country, but the Asian country as well, because they need to always think, of course, of the latency. So would be an option. And um, in the second tab, you have, uh, I believe, it's expansion of the of the Brazilian. So Brazil has in uh, uh, Paulo, uh, Sao Paulo, mm -hmm. um, and they are basically expanding to Rio de Janeiro. So that's that's a new DC, and this is nice. So basically, that would be a second one. So which is fulfilling now a, a DR possibility inside of the one country as well, which is nice. Yeah. Mm. And I think that I mean this is this is really a huge trend that we see right now. Uh, if, exactly. if you look back, yeah. how many new regions we we just announced or or um, started in the last few weeks? I would say even. Um, we had Austria, um, the announcement, I think, last week. Correct. And yeah. yeah, this this go local um, initiative to, to really be there where our customers are and, and to be able to fulfill um, compliance, um, local compliances. I think that, that's really interesting to see. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, uh, it will be interesting if next week we'll have additional regions to talk about, but yeah. uh, there, there's a huge momentum. Yes, I'm on uh, this right now. Waiting the DC under my desk, you know. <laughs> well, th there was also this this announcement about um, what a modular data center MDC, uh, I think it, okay. it's called. So you can put this here. You can put this uh, in in your background then. Um, yeah, yeah. Not on the ground. desk. <laughs> Ralph, you, you can put it uh, close to your barbecue. Yeah. Yes. Like last time, exactly. But now it's uh, actually uh, lunchtime here. So <laughs> no, barbecue is still cold. But Ralph, how, how was the barbecue? Oh, it was amazing. It was, and I will share the recipe next time. Uh, because okay, this, for part three. <laughs> this is really an amazing recipe. So I can absolutely, if you have a kind of a Dutch oven and sometime slow cooking, amazing. Uh, but I can share this next time. Okay. <laughs> we'll do this. So before part three, We'll have a small recipe session. I'm, I'm sure you, 
Uh, sorry, you before, we, <laughs> before oh, we talk about recovery and cloning, I will share the recipe. Amazing, okay. I promise you. Okay. <laughs> Ralph, I, I'm 99% you were cooking on the Azure NetApp file box. Mm. It got heated very much, right? <laughs> that was the secret sauce. As well. <laughs> okay, good. So um, there was one other um, blog that you um, brought up, yeah. Goran. So yeah, um, a colleague of mine, he wrote a blog about, um, yeah, interesting how you can uh, configure. Uh, NI ping is a my, uh, SAP, SAP tool. Yeah, for to to measure uh, the the latency and the throughput. So basically, he was telling how you can yeah uh, automate it basically on a Linux on a, as a kind of service and then send through the Telegraph agent to the uh, Azure monitor. And basically, if you go a bit down, um, uh, you can. He's also showing how you can. Uh, uh see in the portal so to say the the, mm -hmm. the 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 metrics so i mean these kind of stuff also i believe exist i think robert you were playing with this um uh as well but maybe it's uh yeah so see you would see the the information but maybe i think sap customer love the sap tool they have a faith in into this tool so this is also an example how you could integrate it for this case and open also possibility for another maybe um, yeah ideas as well. I think when when Philip talked about um, the availability sets, uh, sorry, the availability zones and how to evaluate which zones are, are close by, um, and when he talked about the scripts that he had published on on GitHub. Um, he was also talking about Neeping, obviously, but um, in, in his scenarios, he said he's not going to use Neeping um, simply because it is an SAP tool and he was not allowed, obviously, to distribute this. But, there is uh, an update there. He added option that you can put Neeping somewhere on a blob and he would fetch it. Exactly. You know, but, but again, so it, then use it, yeah. Exactly. But it's only then you as the user have to first download the tool because obviously this is not something that we can distribute. Correct. But then you can yeah. also do the same thing with Neeping. Yeah. yeah. Correct. Yeah. Cool. So check out this blog. Then one last thing before we hand over to Ralph. Um, I just want to um, raise awareness to this um, developer boot camps. There's a, there are global uh, Microsoft 365 developer boot camps across the world. I mean, these are virtual events, obviously, um, driven by the community with a lot of um, lots of interesting speakers there. Um, this has already started, and I completely missed this, to be honest. Um, but um, it still runs all through November, and um, yeah, you can see most of the dates, or a lot of these dates, are are still in November for us here in, in Germany. Um, there are um, dates for um, Hamburg and Cologne, oh. and and you can see they're all in November. So, um, yeah, typically, if you are interested in some of these integration scenarios that we talked about um, that you when you when you want to leverage Office 365 and, and connect this to an SAP system. I think um, the, the the whole area of what you can do with Office or with Microsoft 365 there is, is really, really interesting. And keep in mind, uh, maybe you've seen uh, we just released um, the Q1 numbers and uh, Teams adoption um, is is through the roof, I would say. I think it's 115 million yeah. daily active users with Teams alone. And Amazing, um, yeah. obviously, if you're using Teams, then there, there's also the need very often to integrate with an SAP system. So I think that's that's really, really interesting. Mm -hmm. So all powered by Azure. 
all part of Azure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so um, with this, a very, very quick uh, recap from this week. And with this, um, let's hand over to Ralph. Um, I know you have prepared some some beautiful ah. things. Huh. Yeah. Like also stuff. What what can you say? What what do you mean? <laughs> what do you imagine? Eh? So, of course I did. Of course I did. So, following the last uh, session where we uh, did uh, talk about that uh, agenda files as an overview, we now go a little bit deeper into the technology and uh, talk about backup. And I actually saved uh, the whole session for the backup topic. Let's say the last, uh, the next session will be about cloning and also recovering of databases. So it will be even more technical um, than today. So, and I would say, um, if you give the start sign, I rock and roll. Then start. I give you the start sign. Here go. we go. All right. So then let me let me share my screen quickly. Yippee! So. And I share my entire screen and you see all the nice, beautiful faces here, I guess. And part two of the backup. Is it okay? Is it visible? Yes, perfect. Here we go. So Azure Netflix, uh, SAP on uh, Azure Netflix files. I will, uh, let's say, talk about the volume design as well, like we did uh, the last time where we finished last time. So some performance consideration, of course, then backup option, what we have, then we talk about backup parameter, which is very, very important to understand how all things work together um, when we talk about uh, a, a solid backup for SAP HANA. Then uh, we uh, will briefly go on the ports you need to open for uh, in an S uh, NSG. Yeah, when you, for example, have a peer network and your jump host is on a different network than your, um, than your SAP HANA system, so they need to open some ports. Um, for the studio to be able to work properly. Yeah, then we um, will introduce the Azure CLI for Azure Netflix files, which is, I think, a pretty cool thing for guys who like more the typing uh, over the uh, graphical user interface. A very, very, very important tool is that HDB pass DIAC, uh, which SAP introduced in the SPS4 of the second release of HANA. Very important, cool, cool feature, which also uh, takes away a lot, of, a lot of hesitation from the customers. You will see how that works. Then we will configure ASX Snap. So ASX Snap is the uh, Microsoft backup tool, which is now still in public preview. Um, but uh, we all uh, hope that this goes in public preview very soon. So at least the quality of the tool is, uh, um, um, if you ask me personally, very good. So therefore, I have no uh, issues of using this tool uh, also in larger environments. Then we will uh, talk about what happens if you re revert an older snapshot, what does happen within younger snapshots. Yeah? So that's a little bit technology then. Uh, backup to blob, a very important point also for larger customers to save a lot of money. Yeah, and then last but not least, cross-region replication, a new feature which we will introduce very soon also for Azure Data Files. So by having said that, just um, um, coming back to the second session which we had, uh, where we finished last time, where we talked about sizing consideration for Azure Data Files. As we all learned in the last session, um, um, the, the performance grows by the size of the volume up to now. So there will be another, uh, actually a fourth session of this period uh, from the Azure files. Then we talk about that manual QS policy uh, capacity pool. This is a very cool thing also for smaller systems. But now let's concentrate on this. So the uh, traditional premium volume where we deliver 64 megabyte per second per terabyte. 
Yeah, if you uh, follow the KPIs, which we got from SAP for the log volume and the data volume, yeah, so we need to achieve 250 megabyte for the log volume uh, write and 400 megabyte for the data volume read, especially when you start up in uh, the database. And of course, it would require a lot of um, read uh, performance from the data volume. This, of course, is only for production systems. Yeah, so we see a lot of customers who say, nah, yeah, uh, 250 megabyte, it's totally overkill for my development or even QA systems. If they do not do that uh, massive performance testing, then they say, yeah, okay, 250 megabytes is overkill. I go for less because the database is still working totally fine and uh, we are happy. But when you need to follow the KPIs and um, you, you need to see, hey, what am I taking? Shall I take premium or shall I take ultra? What do we do or what can we take? Then um, you must take aware that that uh, for to achieve the KPIs from the premium file, you need roughly 10 terabytes of, of space and with a premium and uh, five terabytes with the ultra. And since ultra is not twice as expensive as premium, you would actually save uh, take, uh, taking the, uh, the, the uh, let's say, more performant tier, the ultra tier over the premium tier. Yeah, so in this case, ultra would be cheaper than premium. The other way, if you have a very large system and you have a very big, uh, yeah, very large volume, for example, here um, can be a, a, yeah, a log volume or something else. Uh, for example, if you take a 20 terabyte ultra, yeah, you would get a performance of two and a half gigabyte per second uh, throughput for this 20 terabyte volume. In Linux, we have uh, those limitations on those TCP sessions uh, where we can get roughly 1300 megabyte per second uh, read or write performance out of the volume. So you would overpay now if you take ultra. So if you have a very large volume, uh, it's maybe cheaper to take here that premium tier. Therefore, in this sense, you save money when you take premium over ultra. So it always depends um, for the use case of that volume. Another very important thing is log backup performance. So imagine that you do a, you have a large database and you do a lot of table reorganizations in your database. You would create a lot of log volume information, which needs to be backed up after a certain time. So, and if you have a very slow backup volume, log backup volume, yeah, then it would take a lot of time and even can fill up your log volume until the database stands still. Yeah, so therefore it's very important that also your log backup performance, even though there are no KPIs from SAP, but make sure that the log backup performance can catch up with the log information you create in your log volume. Very important. Another thing is your normal traditional NFS backup volume. Yeah, so that means if you have a very slow backup volume, yeah, the backups take uh, they are taking, of course, a long time until they're finished. So also, if you have a certain window where you like to finish your, your backup, your traditional NFS backup, then of course the backup performance for the backup volume must be fast enough to meet the, 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 yeah, the requirement that you finish your backup in a certain time. Yeah, so this is also, there's also no, 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 uh, no KPI from SAP for the backup volume. But keep in mind that the backup volume performance it can, be, can be essential uh, for your environment. Custom example, you know, this is a real customer example, like I mentioned last time as well. So they uh, created a backup volume of premium for 76 terabyte. 76 terabyte premium would give you roughly five gigabyte, uh, gigabyte of performance. Yeah? So five gigabyte per second performance. And uh, since only one system was writing into that, that very large uh, backup file, I said, hey guys, not go not for premium, take standard, because for standard, you achieve exactly those 1300 megabytes. Eh? You see, and that's exactly the ballpark which you would like to achieve for a single file, eh? for a single system which writes into that volume. 
And in the end of the day, with moving the backup volume from premium to standard, we saved $70,000 a year. So you can imagine that this customer really likes me. <laughs> yeah. Another yes. very, very, very important thing is try to consolidate uh, log backups or general try to consolidate volumes into a larger one. Yeah, for example, here we see log backups or data backups, uh, and if every system has its own uh, backup volumes, yeah, you get only a certain, let's say, smaller performance out of this backup volume. Yeah, and there's absolutely no problem of consolidating log backups to larger volume. Same for your data backup. Yeah, so and then you of course benefit because no, it's always the case that that not all systems are writing the same amount of of log information. Yeah, so all you all every system benefits of that consolidation. The same goes for the data backup. Yeah, so if you still require uh, once a while an NFS backup, uh, schedule those NFS backups to a certain a different time. Now yeah, that every system has a full bandwidth of that that NFS performance to the data backup. Yeah, so by consolidating, you only gain performance and gain um, also an easier administration and everything else. Mm -hmm. Yes, was there a question? A any, any reflection on the cost? Would it be the same or uh, lower? Go on, good question. So if you think, hey, uh, yeah, I, uh, instead of 50 terabyte, yeah, make it 12 or make it 10. And you can easily grow this volume huh? on the fly online. You can, yeah. if you then still need more capacity or more, more whatever, you simply uh, have a slider and move the volume bigger. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. online resize the volume. So, and of course, it's a good point. So instead of having uh, five times or three times five terabyte for each volume, yeah, take a single volume for ten terabytes. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And then you have, of course, uh, let's say a little bit less performance, but if you you still have twice as much performance as you have in the normal environment. Yeah, so therefore, you also, and you also need to balance and see and monitor how this goes. Yeah, okay. And um, the backup option, what we are facing is now, what we would like to show here is that ASIC Snaps, our own, the Microsoft tool, this, by the way, is also free of charge. Yeah, so for the customer, it's another very big uh, benefit. Yeah, this tool managing uh, the entire snapshots uh, based backup for your environment for HANA. Yeah, this also manage the uh, SAP HANA, the backup catalog. Yeah, and it's uh, it, it also uh, helps you to clean up um, your environment. So it's pretty cool. What, but we will see all the functions here in that in that uh, presentation. Yeah, volume design point of interest. So what do we need to take care about when we talk about uh, backup for SAP HANA? Your HANA share or user SAP, where the application servers maybe are uh, located in or writing data to, yeah, then um, it can be um, snapshotted maybe every two hours without any uh, interfering with the database at all. So that's because all the files are usually executables or there are some log files in these directories or profile parameters. Yeah, so this is there are usually not open files where you need to take care of. A totally different story is SAP data. So HANA data. HANA data is exactly the point where we need to pay close attention to because if you uh, simply sc schedule a snapshot without taking that HANA snapshot before, yeah, that snapshot uh, usually is not recoverable. Yeah, you have a snapshot and you think, hey, I have a cool, uh, a, a cool snapshot, but it is worthless because you cannot really uh, recover this. Some critical information is missing. Yeah, and also um, before you uh, need to take a storage snapshot, you need to take a HANA snapshot. What happens during a HANA snapshot is that HANA writes a save point down to disk that you have a consistent state on your on your data volumes. Yeah, then HANA puts that that basically that data volume in read only, so the data volume will not be maintained or changed anymore. And 
in addition, Hana writes kind of a snapshot backup file, which we see in a few moments there when we look on when we look into the into the system at all. And with this system, with this snapshot backup file, this is your reference point for the recovery. Very important. And then, of course, um, you take the storage snapshot after the HANA snapshot. And once the storage snapshot is finished, you simply delete the HANA snapshot and you have your normal operation. But now you have a consistent database backup in your snapshot. Next one, HANA log. HANA log is open. So there are open log files. So it doesn't make any sense to, to, to snapshot this file because you could not even um, recover this. Yeah, so therefore we didn't pay, don't pay so much attention to that HANA log files because, as mentioned, there are open files in it, and it doesn't make really sense to to snapshot this. And HANA log backup, this is now a very critical thing, yeah, because without that log backup, you cannot do a point in time recovery. Yeah, so therefore that HANA log backup uh, is basically a very very critical a very critical volume um, which we need to take care in a special way. That HANA backup um, is very important when you still take those traditional NFS backups. It's not so much important if you only focus on snapshot-based backups. And since we have that HTTP pass DAC, we can actually only rely on snapshot-based backups. And then we wouldn't need that HANA data backup volume actually at all, or at least uh, not uh, in, in that sense that we need to take so much attention to this. So having said that, log backup. Very, very important, and I still don't know why SAP put this uh, 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 away because they, um, in the beginning of uh, of HANA, they only had a location for the data backup and the log backup. And suddenly, I think it was in S, uh, HANA one SPS seven. I think they they brought up that that catalog backup uh, parameter, so the base pass underscore catalog backup. Um, that basically belongs into your um, log backup volume. Otherwise, um, without catalog, you can also not do a roll forward for the database. Therefore, it is very important that you configure um, also that catalog backup. And my advice, absolute, is put this at the same direction, directory where you have your log backups, because then you have everything in the same place and uh, and secure this. So very very important. Then another uh, parameter I would like to address is that log backup timeout in seconds. Yeah, so SAP uh, copies. Normally, every 15 minutes, the um, the log vo volumes um, over to the log backup. If you would like to have a shorter RPO, so the recovery point objective, so how much data would uh, can you lose in a case of an emergency? So then, of course, I would set this to 300 seconds, five minutes. So and um, yeah, and then at least you reduce the the data loss from 15 minutes to five minutes. Yeah, because what I usually refer is that that log backup I always put uh, and copy to blob every five minutes. Then we have also those data backed up to a, to a, a secure location. But we will see this in the end of the presentation how we deal with this and how we can leverage um, our um, own blob blob or to copy copy those log backup informations. Yeah, so very important is also here those uh, network security groups. So when you uh, have, let's say, two subnetworks and uh, in one subnet and you have your jump host, um, for example, here in this sense, a Windows system, yeah, you need to open some ports in the SA, uh, uh, NSG to be able to uh, go over to your um, HANA or SAP uh, subnet. Yeah? And these, those are the ports you need to open in the NSG to be able that the, um, the HANA studio is able to talk to the database server. 
Yeah, so it's 11.28, 11.29, and then always uh, the 30,000. And the zero, 00 in this sense here is the instance ID. Yeah, so uh, three instance ID 13, three instance ID 15, five instance ID 13, and five instance ID 15. Those are um, the six ports you need to open that you have a, uh, pro, uh, an easy connection then from the studio towards the HANA database server. Azure CI. I think it's a very nice for guys who like the command line more than the graphical user interface. Yeah, I think it's a very, very powerful uh, tool, the Azure CLI. And here in the sense, um, yeah, you can, let's say, see and retrieve the information from all the volumes and all the snapshots. And you can create snapshots. You can create volumes. You can create clones out of a snapshot so this will be all covered in part three of um, of this presentation yeah so and we will go then much deeper into that azure cli when we talk about cloning and and and, re, uh, and recovery yeah but just for now uh, check this out there's a lot of information documentation on the on the internet yeah, at docs.microsoft.com about the um, az uh, azinata files um, cli i think it's uh, a very very powerful tool mm -hmm. Now, very important to understand how does that snapshot directory works. Yeah, very important information. It's a read-only hidden directory. Yeah, so from the operating system, from from your database server, you are not you are not able to maintain, delete, create files into that snapshot, and it is invisible. So let's let's go through this and switch over here to my virtual machine, and where I um, is it big enough? Short feedback. Yeah. Is, is it visible? It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Oh, it's okay. Or should I make it bigger? If you can, oh, you can make, make it a bit bigger. Yeah, then it's, it's better. Cost me only a second. Let me put this. Make this a bit smaller, and then I change this and make this a little bit bigger for you guys. How yeah. is it? Is it better? Oh, better. That's better. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Let's do this. So this is my data location. So you see here all the data files. Yeah, located in that volume. I mounted this on the um, on the uh, Azure Data Files, of course. Yeah, this is reference. So this is a NFS mounted database, and I see my data files. So HDB0001 is your system database. Uh, the HDB0002.3 is my first tenant database. HDB0002 is my second uh, tenant database, and HDB0003 is my as the XS engine from from HANA itself. So those are my four database files, and you do not see any snapshot directory. As mentioned, it's a read-only hidden directory. So I can, or I, if I would like to go in, I need to go into, so I drive into the, the, the fork, snap, but you simply say cd.snapshot, and suddenly you are in the fork in that, uh, in that invisible directory, and here you see exactly all the snapshots you have taken from your database. What I do, you see this immediately, I take hourly snapshots. Uh, so it's from today, it's uh, 12 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock, and I take also two daily snapshots. And for me, this is definitely good enough. This, of course, always must to be uh, discussed with the customer, how the customer would like to handle and uh, and build um, the, the snapshot environment. So just to, for the information, yeah, the, you should have a good balance of, uh, of snapshots available. But if you, for example, have two weeks of snapshot in your in your storage, and it's a very very uh, expensive and, in my sense, unnecessary 
uh, load for the expensive storage. So you can save a lot of money when you, let's say, uh, only have those snapshots in the um, on the on the volume which you really need and which makes sense and to have it in this fast recovery. So it wouldn't make any sense to have a weekly or monthly snapshot in this in this volume, yeah, because um, that would almost double the, the the amount of storage you would need here for this uh, for this volume. Sorry, yeah, and one, one question. Uh, yes. If, if if for example I follow your recommendation for this, uh, let's call it profile, how I execute my snapshot how much additional space I will need to somehow calculate or reserve for my snapshot. For example, if I have two terabyte database, how much space I should reserve for snapshot if I follow your recommendation for for maintaining, for maintaining let's say a, a good a good number of snapshots. So what I what I where I start is roughly uh, yeah, 20, 20 to 30 percent. So I start always okay. with 20. I start always with 20 percent and then um, um, we need to see though the, the the big delta, which we don't know, is the data change rate here for the customers. So mm -hmm. when um, when it's a normal, let's say, an S4HANA system where you have, let's say, reasonable changes in your database, yeah, then uh, you can have less uh, space calculated. If you, for example, have a large BW system where you do a lot of data loads um, into your system, you would need, uh, let's say, a little bit more of um, of volume space for this. How does it work? So um, if you create a snapshot, uh, you only copy the metadata from your in, uh, from your master inode over to that snapshot, and all data blocks on the disk get read only for that for that snapshot. Yeah, that snapshot that basically puts all the, the physical data blocks in read-only mode. Yeah, and they cannot be changed. And now if you if you add new data to your volume, or if you change, or would you tr like to change data from other volumes? Yeah, um, NetApp is basically um, copy those or adding those new blocks in, in this volume, yeah, because all the old blocks are read only, and all the new blocks get getting added to the system. Yeah, that sounds a little bit uh, crazy, but it is very, very efficient in the end. Yeah, so it's a very, very efficient and uh, very cool method of um, of dealing with those backup on your on your expensive storage. Yeah, but you need to take care, as mentioned, really about your um, the number of snapshots you have in your system. So that's the reason why I said uh, you shouldn't you shouldn't have monthly or weekly snapshots on your on your expensive storage. But um, if you say I will, I have two daily snapshots because maybe we need to restore or um, um, recover or clone um, the database status from yesterday. Yeah, then you should be able to do this. And this is exactly how you achieve this with uh, with let's say even a less number of uh, less number of snapshots. And uh, as mentioned, this this volume is read only. So if I try to do an R minus RF star. Yeah, so the most favorite command yeah, that said here, no problem, read-only file system. I cannot maintain and change and delete snapshots from the operational. I also cannot create something. So if I say touch people, I said read-only file system, sorry, I cannot do only the storage system itself. Only the storage system itself can maintain the, um, the snapshot here in this database. Yeah, in this volume, this is this is a very important thing. And another thing, what I mentioned, yeah, when we create a Tana snapshot, yeah, we go, let's say here in that uh, in that old snapshot doesn't matter, and we go into HDB 0001, yeah, the system database, for example. What you see here is here that that file, this file, that snapshot data backup is created from Hana. Mm -hmm. Without this file, without the snapshot file. 
you have a yeah? fresh consistent state yeah. exactly this is your your uh, this is the point where uh, hana is starting um, the recovery process so that that guarantees you so if you have a customer said yeah i taking snapshots i don't need any tools so i simply go on create snapshots on my data volume and you see that there's not a snapshot data backup file available yeah then you know that uh, this uh, data backup or this snapshot is basically worthless because you cannot uh, recover this Mm -hmm. This is a very important thing. And immediately you see, hey, this is a valid snapshot because I see here this snapshot data backup file. And so you are good. Yeah, that is, I think, a very important information here in this um, in this thing. Um, later on, we come back to the session where we talk about ASIC Snap in detail, how you schedule this, uh, um, how you schedule the content um, in, in your cron for now. I think this are the information about the snapshot directory. I think personally it's very important now that HDB pass DIAC, very cool tool from sap very interesting very very um, useful with HDB pass DIAC, what you see here maybe let's let me uh, create a little um, laser pointer here when you when you see that HDB pass DIAC tool um, you call it with in you must be in that in that database file so in the sense here the system database system database yeah when you on the, in in that directory where your system data file is yeah you need to execute that HTTP pass diac minus f minus c for example check all yeah then this tool runs through all the important tests and check the block consistency and um, from this data file and when you get here all the OKs, then you can be sure, that can be really certain that this database is consistent. And I think this is a very, very important tool. Here we get a warning. Why do we get a warning? Because um, he knows that this is a read-only read uh, directory. Yeah, so you would check this and uh, you, he cannot write anything in the, this directory yeah, and um, tell you, hey, this is uh, it's a little bit strange. Um, but for this, because it's in your in your mm -hmm. snapshot, yeah, he complains about this, but you can ignore this warning. Yeah, if you see here all the OKs from your from the from the tool, you can be certain that your database is consistent. Yeah, so basically, it, after your snapshot, you would just recommend that you run this, that you have a script, take the snapshot, and then run the first diac to to verify that everything is okay, and then yeah. you. I would do this maybe maybe on your daily snapshot because of course yeah. all the data files are usually consistent, but mm -hmm. I would absolutely uh, recommend this to run if you take a daily backup, yeah, a daily snapshot. I would always use HTTP pass diac on my daily snapshot and um, to verify that my my daily snapshot is okay, and then you can can still react very quickly on your on on issues, yeah, because you always have the the snapshot from the day before where you have an okay uh, uh, sign from because otherwise you would have react much earlier yeah and then you mm -hmm. also have those those daily snapshots and then you can start or even clone this um the snapshot to a new volume and use another vm to 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 um yeah. nice. to, to recover your uh, your your system without touching your production environment i think this is a pretty powerful uh, method how you can deal with also issues on your on your landscape so, Rolf, one question: When you mentioned, uh, actually, when Holger mentioned this script, is there any 
plan or is there currently any way to somehow synchronize the NetApp jobs and NetApp scheduler with, for example, Azure automations or logical apps or Azure functions in the future, maybe currently, so that I can combine, you know, when NetApp is done with snapshot, I will receive event and then based on this event, I can react and execute this script. Is there any plan to have something like that to be more integrated in Azure? Azure? Yeah, the, 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 the cool stuff. The cool stuff is that we lock everything. Yeah, so Azure okay. Snap, for example, is writing uh, logs in uh, var log messages, mm -hmm. and uh, if you have yeah, a normal normal monitoring uh, is able to uh, to fetch uh, to fetch this uh, uh, information out of your var log messages, for example. Oh, okay. So a, we are talking and, uh, and and writing log files. And so that we made sure that that Azure Snap is really uh, as I said uh, a powerful tool where you can really make use of it. Yeah. Pretty cool. But that HTTP passing, I really would like to address this in the presentation also for the audience out there. Yeah, this is very, very cool stuff. Okay. Another thing, what is very important, this is the reason why I have that that big uh, that big flash there. And um, you need to understand how that snap revert is working. And um, I especially, um, yeah, at least I would like to show you what happens if you um, delete an older snapshot, what happens with the younger snapshots underneath afterwards. So what I simply um, delete, uh, let's say I do a snap revert on that snapshot 0002. And after I did the snap revert, all my newer snapshots, my younger snapshots are deleted. Mm -hmm. Simply because you delete the data points where those uh, the, the younger snapshots are pointing to. Yeah, when you do the snap revert on this on this um, snapshot 002. And when you would like to um, let's say restore or clone this um, um, this snapshot 002, then do not do a snap revert, but do a restore to new volume. Yeah, so this is basically that function, because when you create um, a volume out of that snapshot, yeah, you simply create a flex clone underneath, so next to the existing um, snapshot, and you do not delete anything. So all the pointer information from your inodes are still in place. But be aware that if you take the snap revert, yeah, then you do would delete all the younger snapshots. Mm. This, of course, usually a recovery starts always with the younger snapshot because this is much faster because it doesn't have to apply um, so many log files. Yeah, so therefore the normal recovery process uh, procedure is anyway uh, taking always the newest snapshot you have on your system. But in case you would like to um, let's say recover your database from an older snapshot. And then I would highly recommend to restore to new volume and keep all those other snapshots um, available. So I think yeah. this is also a very important uh, way how this snapshot mechanism in itself is working. And this restore to new volume, this is only in the same pool. Not in, I cannot Correct. do it in another. Okay. You can uh, do this in the same pool. And what we learned last time, after, for example, if this is a premium pool and you need more performance for this uh, for this volume, yeah, you can always uh, move this then to a higher tier and um, to an ultra tier, and then have a much more performance available um, as, as as it is in the premium tier. Okay. Again, uh, the information what you can retrieve with the um, Azure CLI is of course exactly the same uh, what you see here also in the portal. So it depends what you like. Yeah, some people, as mentioned, like the CLI over the the GUI, and some people like the GUI over the CLI. Yeah, but you get a lot of information as mentioned here also with the Azure CLI. Any uh, possibility with PowerShell here? Uh, I, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yes. Okay. 
So now the tool, ASEC Snap, talking about the ASEC Snap. How does it work? Yeah, for example, I have two methods of installing the, uh, the tool. It's a local installation and also it's a distributed installation. Yeah, and how does how does it work? Yeah, so I install here like like I have this on my on my system. Yeah, so I have my database server. And in addition to this, I install the ASIC SNP tool also on this on this database server. Yeah, it's a pretty easy. It's a self-extracting um, tool. Yeah, and when we um, when we install this uh, ASIC SNP here on this on the server, yeah, then we are able to take a HANA snapshot. Yeah, remember what happens during a HANA snapshot? Uh, that that uh, snapshot underscore data file gets written, and the latest save point uh, from the HANA gets written to the data file. Then afterwards, when this when uh, the HANA is has finished the internal HANA snapshot, then we call the ARM and asking for an ANF snapshot. Yeah, then the uh, Azure uh, the the, um, the Azure Resource Manager is creating um, the snapshot on the NetApp. And in the end of the day, then we said after this finished, we drop the HANA snapshot and we have normal operation. When we talk about the distributed installation, it is actually working exactly the same way. So from ASX Snap, I create my HANA snapshot. Yeah, then I create, then I call the ARM template that um, the Azure Net file snapshot is, will be created. And then at the third, uh, uh, third point, I drop the, the HANA snapshot and also we have normal operation. The big benefit of this, uh, of that distribution installation is called that you can, have, you can have one virtual machine which is um, uh, able to, to, to snapshot or say in this sense backup, let's say a, a whole bunch, a whole bunch of databases. You must, uh, let's say, be sure that you do not schedule more than three snapshots uh, simultaneously um, in this environment. Otherwise, uh, we have seen a lot of issues. So maybe, maybe put a couple of minutes in between all those snapshots, and then you are definitely fine um, with uh, with the environment. Yeah, what do we need um, to to maintain or to use ASIC Snap? You need a service principle. That um, your that the Azure Resource Manager is able to talk to um, then the Azure Net files. So this is the way how you create the service principle. Then you get a lot of information, securities, uh, passwords, and whatever. And this you can basically st um, save here in the um, Azure Auster.json. Yeah, it's a JSON format, so um, this must be stored here in any JSON file. And once you have created this uh, service principle. Then you can call the self-instructor, the self-installing uh, file, uh, the ASIC snap. Then you, uh, once you this, once this is finished, yeah, you go basically in, basically into that ASIC snap, yeah, and you move the authorization file um, into the bin directory. So this is the way I did it. Yeah, that you have a local installation in this sense, and then you create the HTTP user store. Yeah, with a certain name. Of course, it doesn't have to be system. So usually customers are trying to avoid system here. It is absolutely okay if you create a database user, a backup user um, into your system with the right authorization. Yeah, so at least uh, uh, catalog read and, and backup uh, admin, for example, yeah, that, that would be enough to, um, uh, enough rights here for ASIC Snap. Yeah, and then you create your ASIC Snap user, or in this sense, you create a user store key because we would not like to key in any any passwords or something like this. 
<coughs> then you go into the bin directory from ASX Snap and you configure. So you create a configuration file. Very easy. It's a question and answer game. Yeah. So ASX Snap will ask you what is um, what is the SID, what is the instance number, what is the host name, and for example, also what is the um, the resource ID of the data data volume. So you key all those information in which um, ASX Snap is asking you. And then afterwards, you are able to test the connection to your database, and then you test the connection to your storage. If both tests are positive, yeah, then you basically can go ahead and take your first database snapshot, your consistent database snapshot with ASIC Snap. And um, when you see here that prefix, so this is basically the name where you can identify your snapshots. Then you have a function called retention5. Yeah, this means um, I can create five of those snapshots with the same prefix. When I take the sixth snapshot, the oldest one gets be deleted. Yeah, so that is a very important thing. And with the option minus minus trim. So when the sixth, when the oldest snapshot gets deleted, of course he will also delete all the um, um, the the yeah the log information for those older snapshots because uh, you would not need them anymore because you can of course restore a newer snapshot where you do not need those old log files. And in this sense, you also maintain immediately your um, your log backup catalog. And then what I did, I did put this in my cron tab. So in this uh, way, I create every five minutes after the hour, I create a snapshot, and this is called um, here also HANA hourly. I have only five snapshots on my system. I have I delete my log files, and I have this configuration file. If you have, for example, multiple databases on the system, yeah, you can specify different configuration files. And when you specify different configuration files, you can use one ASIC SNAP installation to serve, let's say, all the databases on that single system. Or um, when you have, let's say, a distributed installation, this is basically the way how you then uh, go to um, a certain database to take those snapshots. And then once you uh, schedule this and it runs for a certain while, yeah, then you see exactly here in your in your volume in your snapshot folder, yeah, it must look the same as here in your in your HANA database catalog. Yeah, so this is an excellent. It must be the same view. It must be the same view from the HANA Studio because we also maintain the backup catalog in uh, the HANA Studio. And as I said, you have the same view from the portal, the Azure portal, and the HANA database studio. I think this is very, very important. Copy to blob. Yeah. So what are you doing with, let's say, older information, older, uh, older log files, older? Maybe, maybe the customer has a requirement to create a weekly snapshot and copy this weekly snapshot over to blob. Yeah. Then you simply download your AZ copy from uh, the Microsoft download site. Yeah, you install this AZ copy. I did it here now in the ASIC snap directory, in the bin directory, where you have also the ASIC snap command, and you change the, um, the the users accordingly, and you have installed your AZ copy. So that uh, action takes basically a minute, and then it's finished. Uh, do you have some recommendation regarding blob? Do, do you recommend that we're going with standard blob or premium blob, or do you have some experience with, with, uh, with the time? How much yep. time we need when we want to copy something, for example, one terabyte, two terabytes, and something like that? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So what I did here yeah, for my system, I use standard, but okay. this is this is very very customer dependent. I use standard and uh, GRS storage. Okay. Yeah, so global redundant storage with standard that is for me good enough. But um, who am I? So if you have a customer with different requirements, of course you can schedule whatever you like. So I usually standard in most cases will be enough, 
But if okay. uh, standard is not enough, then use premium. So so easy is this. Then um, you can, could create a private endpoint if you only want to have the local um, conversation. Or I did it simply on the on the public endpoint. But of course, what you will see here, um, I created also my ZUS token, and you always use the ZUS token to exit this volume. Uh, otherwise, you cannot uh, write in the system. So now with that containers here, yeah, with those containers, you need to create a container or multiple containers in your storage account, where which you can use to write your data to. Yeah, so I created here my um, my container, and this is, for example, to create the ZUS token. Yeah, mm -hmm. your, your your basically this is the key which allows you to write data into this um, into this um, into this um, yeah uh, NFS container or block container. Um, my key is now valid uh, until next year October. Yeah, then you press the button uh, generate ZUS keys. And suddenly you get all the ZUS keys here um, uh, for your environment. You copy the ZUS key, and here is the way how AZ Copy works. Yeah, so you have um, multiple options. Real AZ Copy is a very powerful tool. Yeah, with AZ Copy Sync, you basically create a mirror, a mirror from your snapshot directory and all the directories underneath the snapshot directory towards Blob. Yeah, so and how did I? I, I did, uh, and this uh, is um, the the let's say the source, the source where you copy data from. Then you have your container, the URL from your container, and directly followed, directly followed without anything from the ZUS key. Yeah, you just generated. Yeah, this is directly behind each other, so there's nothing in between. It looks a little bit strange, but this is the reason why I took here those colors. Yeah, to have a little bit better visibility. Yeah, and then I said, hey, recursive is true. That means um, I am allowed uh, to have all the directories recursive copied to the blob. And I also tell delete destination. Yeah, that means because I would like to have a mirror. Yeah, so I would not like to have all the older um, uh, backups in my in my in my blob. And uh, I said delete destination is true. And this, of course, and here you are of course free to choose whatever you like. And, and when you say hi, I would I would uh, like to keep 10 of my daily or weekly um, uh, snapshots uh, in the blob. Then of course I wouldn't use sync. I wouldn't simply use copy. Yeah, but I also have a, um, an ex, um, let's say a way of uh, doing this um, in, in two additional slides. Yeah, and then after you executed this uh, sync command, you have in blob in your blob space exactly the same what you have here on your on your in your snapshot directory. So this is a pretty quick, uh, pretty fast um, copy method. What you can do. So now, what option do you have? Yeah, so um, I'm not definitely not the biggest programmer, but just for a little explanation. So this is your um, snapshot directory. Yeah, and when you do an ls minus t pipe sed with a dollar exclamation mark d, yeah, then you get the newest, the newest snapshot. Yeah, if you look for this, if you do an uh, ls minus ltr. Then you get the oldest snapshot, and here you can this you can definitely make use of, for example, copy uh, backup daily. Yeah, so then I'm looking for the newest daily snapshot. So once I created my daily snapshot, I look for my um, the the newest daily snapshot. Yeah, pipe grab daily. Yeah, and then I do also a copy, not not a sync. Yeah, here in this sense I do an AZ copy copy. The, the last snap, so the newest daily snap mm -hmm. over to Blob, and I said recursive is true, but I do not tell here delete destination. 
Uh, just as an, an additional example, what I also do is my log backups. I said, hey, I need my log backups every five minutes. Yeah. So if you see my cron tab, yeah, so every five minutes, yeah, I'm scheduling uh, my my log backup to block. In this sense, I have all always after five minutes uh, a copy from my log backups into Blob. And of course, you also can say here instead of sync, much 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 more log information in Blob. Because Blob is a very cheap environment, very cheap storage, yeah. And but this anyway can be very useful for large environments. I think very important. So just a few examples how we can uh, how we can deal with this. In the end, I created two containers. Container one here is my here are my database backups. Yeah, so all my snapshots are in the container one. And in container two, I have all my log backups curated. So and I have either my snapshots in one and my log uh, backups I have created in container two. So this is basically the way how I deal with those um, with those snapshots and uh, the copy to blob. And you reduce the price, what you were telling, basically. Yeah, uh, heavily, heavily, yeah. heavily. Yeah. Yeah, because remember always that that uh, ANF is definitely not a cheap uh, cheap storage, yeah. but is a very rich on functions. Yeah, and also lowers, in my point of view, uh, uh, TCO because the administration yeah is a very 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 um, a low task you need to do for your storage. Yeah, so you can resize and and rebalance everything uh, on the way on the fly without interrupting operation. I think this is already a pretty cool. Yeah. And the recovery process, the so system recovery. This is what we talk about next time. So I promise we go definitely into deep uh, deep recovery procedures when we recover, restore uh, data files and uh, recover system databases and uh, uh, tenant databases. Yeah, and what I do is I do it once on the command line. Then I will also show it how it works on the graphical interface. So as I said, there are many people out there who like more the uh, the command line because they would like to know what is going behind the curtain. Yeah, and then there are other guys who said, now a uh, GUI is fine for me and this is also fine. Uh, no, so no, um, no worries. So this is what we talk about next time. Last but not least, I also would like to address here the cross-region replication. Yeah, so the um, the big benefit of cross-region replication over copy to blob, for example, is that only the delta information get replicated to the second site. This, of course, has another price tag because the, uh, it is always from ANF to ANF. Yeah, so you have the same amount of storage here on the secondary side. And um, let's say one of the um, the ways how you could configure this, for example, is you have your log backup volume copied every 10 minutes. Yes, you sync uh, your log backup volume every 10 minutes over to the other side. And then uh, for the data volume, maybe every 60 minutes, maybe every two hours, maybe every four hours, whatever. Yeah, so you and also here only the delta information gets replicated um, to the other side. So this cross-region replication then will work in the end. So I, I guess um, when this is a little bit more, um, let's say, towards production, then I will also maybe create um, a presentation here on that cross-region replication. By this, I think it is time to say thank you very much for attention. And um, I uh, stop sharing now and uh, hand over to you guys to give you the last word. So thank far. you, Raj. Nice. nice. So I think that was very good. And now we have the backup, and I think it's it's good. Next time we'll talk then about the restore. Correct. Uh, and cloning. And cloning. Restore and cloning. And cloning. Perfect. Um, just a so so next week we'll most likely won't have you because we oh. have. Already. No, next week. Next week. Yes. Next week. Yeah. Thank but um, we'll 
we'll have you back absolutely because what is a backup worth without a restore yeah exactly so, but it's too much you know it would be if, if it would be now it would be the two three hour session no, no, yeah and that is the reason why i split it this and now you have the information how you back up a system and um i hope we do not have, need to restore this uh before we have to test me i know how your barbecue works you know you you start to warm up with the backup And I promise. And then you press the gas with the restore, and then you start the barbecue. You know, then, exactly. Then that was much quicker. Is I promise you, it's much quicker. And next time, before um, I will share the recipe from my uh, curry. Okay, great. Actually, the, I, I got the recipe from my Danish friend in Berlin, from Berlin. Oh. From my friend, best friend Lasse. So, and um, I will share this recipe. It's amazing. Cool. Okay. Great. Nice. Thank you. Great. Well, it is. Thanks, everyone, and Thank you. we'll talk next week again. Awesome. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you. Bye, Bye everyone.